What's up, everybody, and welcome. I want to be your host, John McCorder, joined by my beautiful co-host, JP Payton. What's up, guys? I'm so thrilled and honored now. Honored? Yeah, like I feel like a celebrity. Oh, God. Yeah, you know where I'm going. I think. You know that film click I do at the beginning? Yeah. I got to do it for my fans. Your fans. They were all there in person. All of our fans. All for you guys. Y'all were there. Uh, spoiler alert, we'll talk about this more later. We we met up with some people. We met on Letterboxd to go see Barbie and Oppenheimer, and they asked me to do the thing. It's our version so, of a meet cute. Yeah, they were like, they asked me to do it, so I did it. Yeah. So that's a, that's a thing now. So I know, it's I didn't like know the eighth what, wonder of the world. Yeah, you know what also is the eighth wonder? Luna's slicking. Yeah, Luna's on one tonight. She's over here just going. If she's not doing that, it's just... <laughs> oh my gosh! It makes me very self-conscious of my own breathing. I know. Yeah, it, she she does. There's not her cuddling up to you all night. Yeah, she like attaches right to your hip and snores the whole night. Am I gonna have to start giving Luna credits on the podcast? I think so. She's like, now like a she's now a host. I almost asked Dawson just to come on here tonight too, since he watched Barbie and Oppenheimer. He should have. So anyway, maybe he comes in. I'll take him come over for the second yeah. second episode. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was a good week. Great. Uh, so. Before, you know, I don't want to get into the weekend because that'll be one of our our last news stories talking about kind of the trip to Nashville and our IMAX experience. And we did the whole Barbenheimer we thing. Did. And for Thursday's episode, we'll do kind of a full on breakdown. Today will be kind of a general overview of Barbie and Oppenheimer, but really focusing more on the experience and all that kind of stuff. And then Thursday, we'll go into our like our full reviews, breakdowns, thoughts and stuff. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah okay. that, that's going to be awesome. So, um, so, yeah. What have you done besides that? I've done a whole lot of nothing, honestly. It's, yeah. Uh, Caitlin was out of town last week, so which we talked about last week a little bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we had our big day on Friday, and then Saturday. I was almost was just, just kind of like, you a, what was our big day? I don't know what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Friday, Saturday was just a recoup day, mm-hmm. and then Sunday is, you know, obviously busy. Church. Yeah, and then here we are today, Monday, uh, when we're recording. It was a quick turnaround, feels like. Yes, it, it was. This week was quick, so we won't be here next week recording because you'll be in Daytona. This is this is true. But you know what that gears us up for? We start Todd Haynes. I know you're kind of like, eh, I'm indifferent. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, you're going to be sold. We, we can talk about it for our Thursday pod, but I'm kind of teetering on the director thing. I mean, we could talk about it. We can have an oh, open discussion no, about hey, it. Listen, I'm all over. I'm, I'm I want to see. I want to see how this next, like these these next couple movies go. And I'll, I want your honest opinion. We can talk about it next pod. Wait, what do you mean next couple movies? I meant for our next review. Oh, for Mr. Yeah. Nobody and um, yeah. Boogie, Boogie Nights. Nights. Yeah, which, yeah, we'll talk we'll about talk Thursday. About we'll talk about Thursday or Sunday. Tune in <laughs> on Thursday. <laughs> Sunday. Yeah, tune in on Thursday or Friday or... Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. yeah. I will try to do better. Listen, I got, I'm in new career modes. You're, you're, I'm, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. Life is full of ups and downs. Yeah. Our schedules fluctuate. They are. Whenever you're not worrying about work, you're staying up late with a, the daughter, you know, two year old, she's yeah. in sleep progression right now. So normally she goes to bed like five, ten minutes a night, but now she's like two hours. It's real. Up. Like I, I roll into your house like eight o'clock at night, and I'm, I'm walking up to the door, and I just hear no, screaming. Eight thirty. Yeah, eight thirty. Yeah, I guess it was eight thirty, and she just you, you just hear, hear outside. screaming yeah. outside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's she's healthy. She's well. So she's not sick. She she's just, just throwing a beef fit. Does not want to go down. So mm-hmm. a beef fit. That beef, that. even better. But anyway, yeah. So I haven't done anything either. Uh, I've I watched. I started to watch some Nick Cage stuff. And you giving her tickles? <laughs> no, I was pulling her. Oh, I was like, what is going on with her? I was being mean to Luna. Yeah. So I uh, 
Yeah, I've been watching some Nick Cage movies. We went and you saw have. Uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer, and I uh, I'm about to download Xbox Activision thing went through yep. finally. Um, and with that, all of the Xbox servers came back online for the old Call of Duties, like not remasters, the OG ones. Yeah. So I'm about to go crazy playing those old Call of Duty games that I came up on. So I told Garrett at church Sunday because John had it, or uh, not John, Jeff or somebody, I think it was Jeff, mm-hmm. said, you know, hey, tell somebody that you find joy in the Lord or something like, I don't know what he said. Yeah. I, I leaned up to Garrett and I was like, you know what I find joy in? The OG Call of Duty servers are back up online. And like, I think Leslie and Abby both collectively rolled their eyes at me. <laughs> Garrett did his best not to contain his excitement, but I was like, yeah, I know you're excited. Yeah. I'm excited. He's got a front to put on now. Yeah. So, Pastor Garrett. Yeah. I mean, he's playing Magic the Gathering now. That's just one, that's hey. one step closer to a seance. So, no, you know, not. Yeah, well, I did look at buying some, but I, I have a choice to make Lorcana or Magic. I think I'm going to put my money in Lorcana. You're going to be the only person playing it, though. I don't care. I want to collect those Disney Magic then the collect, Gathering cars. Then collect them. No. Why don't play you all play Lorcana? All you have to do is buy one deck. But what if, like, what about, I think, Trey, he's like, yeah. a thousand decks, and you can, like, stack your deck with the best cards. You just That's him, cheating. Yeah. There's different ways you can play. We can talk about this off-pod, this off-pod conversation. Well, anyway, he did tell me about his D&D campaign. He showed me some of that. I know yeah. you showed me a artwork picture. Yeah. He went to the deep dive. We got to talk about AI that. is scary. Yeah. I don't like it. And this whole X and Twitter switch thing. Listen, mine's I think, still Twitter. Well, it is. It's like the all, it's like the more premium accounts that have already been switched over, I think. But me personally, AI, when it comes to, like, I get the purchase, the, 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 the purpose of using it for marketing. I get that. And consumerism, yada, yada, yada. But this whole integrating my whole life, I don't, I don't like it. Um, here's the thing though like I downloaded threads threads sucks um, I don't like it I'm I'm fine with it I it's, feel like my Instagram feed was like it's just an extension of my Instagram feed which I felt like my Instagram feed was always a little bit more healthier yeah compared to everything else but the, the thing is I'm hopeful that my news stuff that I get from Twitter will hopefully eventually work its well, way into threads and I can keep up with I all that. I just think Twitter, unless they break the site itself, which I don't think you have to really go out of your way to do that. Like every time I feel like every month this, this is a totally, we're on a tangent here every month. They're like, Twitter's dead. This is the end of Twitter. I mean, and then it's, it's fine. It's, then they have the higher user count, highest user count in the history of the app. And, they're tearing it down piece by piece. I feel like I'm and every every like every piece is, is every piece an overreaction to the to its overall yeah. demise. But it is still it's still my favorite social media platform. Same. I, I spend more time on that than I do anything. And same. I, I have noticed zero issues with mine. I haven't. I haven't either. I'm so just, I I don't know whatever. I think people just hate Elon Musk partially too. And I think they just want it to fail. I mean, so. I think Elon Musk is, you know, as Heath Ledger once said. About Elon Musk? Or no, was it Elon Musk? Or was, it, was it Heath Ledger? Heath Ledger, I don't think Elon Musk was really on the plane field too, too much when Heath Ledger was alive. No, no, I meant the the dark... Uh, oh, I thought you meant Heath Ledger really said <laughs> no, something he did not really say Elon Musk. You're like, but, where are you going? No, the Dark Knight line. Yeah, yeah, a lot of dark dark night, or lines in Dark Knight. I don't know which one you're talking about. What's the line where... I'm having a total I know how stroke. I got these cars. I'm a total stroke right now. I don't know. You'll have to think about it later. Ah, oh, yeah, it's whatever. So tell me, we watched some trailers. Yes, <laughs> just let's go, just, we, we just had a nice move. cold open hard there. Move. Uh, 
let's start with Mobland. Travolta's yeah. back with a terrible accent. What do you think of this trailer? Give me a uh, quick the rundown. The accent was the first thing that immediately stuck out to me. The second is, well, two-part. Um, a, I know he's been bald for a while, but it's obvious, like, this is just, like, he's chosen to live this yeah, life I mean, now. he's in the commercial with Zach Braff and Yeah, uh, no, whatever. but he, and he was bald way give before that, more, too. Give me more. But the other thing, hey, related, is the man has the highest beard I've ever seen. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it is past his cheekbones. His it's chest almost hair. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen his chest hair bulge out like He's that before. Very burly. Um, No, it, it is. It's pretty rough. I will probably watch this and enjoy it because it's a it's a mob. It's a. Uh, is it, though? I think it is. Yeah, I think it's like a Dixie Mafia type of thing. Dixie, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can um, see that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's. You know, Letterbox has kind of got it summarized as crime, period, family, <laughs> just gonna period. A uh, young father gets in over his head after a robbery gets goes wrong. Some debts can't be repaid with money. Um, I don't know if I would have fully gotten that out of the trailer. It seems no. like there's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more ra- uh, layers to it, and. Um, Feels like yeah. John Travolta wants to be a Raylan Givens want to be over here. No, it's it's definitely a big Raylan Givens vibe. Um, and then you've got Stephen Dorff, who, you know, I think honestly that's the biggest biggest pull for me to watch this because it looks like. A good well, bet. then you need to watch uh, the price we pay with Stephen Dorff and. Uh, I think I've started. I've started that one before. I doubt it. That's the one I watched earlier this year and gave like two stars. The one where they're like. Uh, a, pawn shop heist goes wrong and they end up at this farm it turns out to be like a human trafficker and like the sisters just like seven yeah. foot behemoth and they kill people with like barbed wire and stuff yes no I hadn't watched it we had talked about it and uh, it's yes. so bad yes okay but in the in the best B way like yeah, the best no. like see I more of a C movie you uh, still haven't watched this tall as lions it's tall as lions uh, one day is a lion one day is a lion no yes. I'm not you watch that yeah um, I'll try to do that here soon I'll have some more. Once I get into the new rhythm, I will have that all settled this week, I think. Yeah. Um, next week at the latest, I find my rhythm routine. Yeah. Get into it. Then I can start watching movies more frequently, start going to the theater again more often. Uh, maybe on a different night now because yeah. Thursdays are going to be tough for me now. But One day is lying. That's, that's, that's a you movie. Listen, I'm going to say this too. This is, this is movie related, but off subject. Why am I the only person on the planet who wants to go see The Haunted Mansion? Because I think you're just a, a Disney adult. No, my wife doesn't want to see it. Dawson doesn't want to oh. see it. Ellie doesn't want to see it. My parents don't want to see it. They're all we're all Disney people, and I'm the only one who wants to see them. Everybody else thinks it looks awful. I don't think it looks awful. I think it looks great. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, it, Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito. I mean, Jared Leto. I mean, Jared Leto's in it. Yeah, first time I saw it in this newest trailer for Barbie. He opened. He's the main ghoul at the end. And like, so he's like the master haunt of it all, collecting the souls. We're going to need to talk about it for Thursday's pod, but I don't think there's a bigger Jared Leto fan than you. I'm very hit and miss. Yeah. Speaking You're of which, hit. all right, just nope. one, no, 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 one okay. little preview for Thursday. His, I never noticed this before because I hadn't seen Mr. Nobody in a long time. Yeah. His Joker laugh came from this film. Yeah, it was, it was something. Yeah. So, something. all right. Anyway. Yeah. Mobland. I don't have to see this. You said it best it, ten years ago. This would have been great. This would have probably done well. More, probably more fifteen years ago. Yeah, this would have done. Yeah. Well. Oh yeah, I, I know. Younger yeah, Travolta, like probably more prime. Stephen Dorff, like 
It Wait, is that Moblin you pulled up over there? Yeah. I 100% thought that was Justified Primeval and you were about to make a point. I thought that was Raylan Givens. Yeah. From no, here. The, the, the poster the poster art for it on, on Letterboxd, it is uh, it's something. That is a Justified ripoff right there. Yeah. John Travolta, though, is just not this, like he's, I guess he's this small town sheriff who stumbles on this, you know. Think No Country for Tommy Lee Jones, No Country for Old Man. Not even that, because you look at Tommy Lee Jones, like that man belongs in that scenario. He's got like no, he's got his shirt, some button, his chest hair coming as you. The accent's terrible. Oh gosh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't, Mobland, I don't have to watch it unless it, I mean, I'm probably, no, no, I don't know if I actually watch this one. It is a solid two and a half, three star movie. And I mean that and just like it is watchable. Yeah. Uh, You know what really surprised me? So when you get a Saban film, Flash at the beginning, this is a Saban film. Mobland. You're like, eh, yeah, Mobland. Yeah. This is going to be very hit and miss. Well, where I call Mobland a miss, I call this next one, which is a Saban film, a win. Nandor, Fodor, and the Talking Mongoose. So, this is a Simon Pegg movie. And the best way I can describe it, it's kind of like a see how they run, murder on the Orient Express kind of vibe, but with a talking mongoose. Yeah. And like, so maybe even some slight horror vibes. Not horror movie, horror movie, but like... I mean, suspense thriller type of type of vibe. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up. There it is. Um, so this is a Simon Pegg, Mini Driver, Christopher Lloyd, which, like you said, I thought he died a hundred times over by now. Um, you can't find that guy. Uh, the guy who you thought was... Um, who did you keep saying he was? Uh, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler, yeah. Well, I, I thought it was at first, and then I was like, no, that's Harry uh, Gary Oldman. But I don't think it is either. No, I'm trying to find who it is now because it's not. He's not on Letterboxd. It's Paul K. Is his name? Yeah. Man, he looks so he familiar. Looks, he looks very familiar. I gotta find it now. Anyway, yeah. So Simon Pegg is like this investigator. Is this is it? Is this based on a true story? It says kind of possibly in the thing. So I'm not sure. Regardless, um, Simon Pegg goes investigates this claim that there's a talking mongoose who like looks at people's futures and fortunes and all sorts of stuff like that. It also tells them bad things, good things, and it lives throughout the house and under like tunnels around the different parts of the island and just talks to people, makes phone calls, weird stuff. So Simon Pegg goes out there to prove that it's not real. And then towards the end of the episode or the end of the trailer, it shows that he gets a call from this mongoose apparently ready to meet him at this cave. Yeah. And like as the movie goes on or the trailer goes on, it just becomes people get increasingly weirder and weirder about this mongoose. So it's hard to explain really. And I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. But I'm all in on this. Yeah. I, I mean, it's on top of Simon, Pe- Simon Pegg, you've got mini driver playing alongside him, the Christopher Lloyd. Uh, like I said, every time I'm just in awe of the longevity of this man's life. Yeah. He was in the, the season of the Mandalorian. Too. Yeah. The uh, surprise for me was the Neil Gaiman? Uh, oh yeah, he casting. The he, he, he is the voice of the mongoose. Um, yeah, it's a very small cast, at least for what's been put out in Letterbox so far. There might be some some later additions that we don't know about. But ah, uh, he was in Game of Thrones. I knew I'd recognize him for ten episodes. Tim Paul uh, K, the guy you thought was Gary Oldman. Okay, I knew I'd recognize yeah, him from uh, somewhere. The Hound. No, he's not. What? He's not the Hound. Who is he then? Uh, he plays. Thoros of Mir. Show me, the, show me the picture. 
Uh, it doesn't have a picture of him in Game of Thrones. It's just on his Wikipedia. Yeah, show me the Wikipedia of him. He is sent to arrest the Hound. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, the Wikipedia picture. Not the Hound. Oh, but he kind of looks like him. Kind of. <laughs> in the know. eyes. It's the eyes. Anyway, Nandor Fodor, oh, the talking mongoose. This is a Jonathan movie. Kind of gives me like uh, the lobster... No, kind of, no, no, not no. like the darkness of it, but that weird kind of just it's British. It's all British. It's humor. a Bleecker Street production. Um, like it is. I mean, it's just British humor. Um, I think the uh, yeah, the the story will definitely be just completely off the wall. Um, very much looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I think out of all of these, this is a tie for my most anticipated. Um. I think the next one's probably my most anticipated. The next one's called Jules, and you're yeah. going to be even more excited when you find out how long the movie is. 80 minutes? 90. Oh. So a firm hour and a half, baby. That's awesome. You will not believe what just crashed into Milton's azaleas. A flying saucer lands in his backyard, <laughs> backyard of an elderly suburbanite with memory problems who forms a bond with the scared alien inside. With Ben Kingsley is your main lead, and then a bunch of people I do not know. I... I need to correct myself real quick because I said Nandor Fodor was Bleecker Street. Jules was the one that was Bleecker Street. Okay, Nandor Fodor. I was saving because that's what yes. I said. Yes. I, I didn't finish that thought. You know, you never know if you're getting yes. good or bad. Where Mobland looks kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, Nandor looks. Nandor looks pretty good. Looks good. <laughs> so, um, Jules yeah. though. Jules is Bleecker Street. Yes. Uh, and Ben Kingsley with hair. What a trip. Yeah. What a trip. This looks great. Yes. So this this is definitely more of a your speed kind of film though. Um so it's got the heat the guy who directed this produced uh Little Miss Sunshine, The Farewell, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh Safety Not Guaranteed, which is also fantastic. Our Idiot Brother, which is also fantastic. Uh he's only directed 3 films this being his third, but uh he's a producer for a lot of really uh really good films. So this looks like a very heartwarming comedy extremely earnest yeah and just kind of kind of kind of weird uh yeah. but my type of humor as well uh imagine if paul was heartfelt okay yeah which is if you don't know what paul is that is a seth rogan and simon peg i don't remember uh yeah i think so yeah seth rogan voices the alien and simon yes. peg is the main main guy yeah so yeah it's the yeah the hot fuzz guys and all yeah. So yeah. Uh, not, not much to say about this unless you do. I just no. But an alien crashes this dude's backyard, and he already has memory problems, and nobody ever believes him. And he's like, he goes to this like PTA kind of thing or like home. Is it know. memory problems or is he just the? It says. Well, I just read. It says he has memory problems. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not paying attention. And he's he's over here telling people like you know we have this issue in our subdivision, this issue in our subdivision, and then he's like, also an alien crashed into my backyard and hurt my azaleas. Yes. Right. And so he takes this alien in, buys him apples, and then. People find Which, the first shot of the alien, like it honestly yeah, reminded Florida. me of uh, Fantastic Planet. Oh God! Did you watch Fantastic? No, Planet? but ah. I've, I've for some reason it has been populating my feed like crazy recently, which I think is going to push me to watch it sooner than later. It's it's um, great, man. Yeah, it looks it looks straight from that. Um, so if you've ever seen that movie, I have that that should give you a good example. You um, need to watch Altered States and then and Fantastic Planet. I, I could do that. Um. Yeah, it's, I mean, alongside um, Ben Kingsley, you've got Harriet Harris, 
um, who's played in some some absolutely great great movies. Yeah, a lot of the people in the trailer look familiar. Yeah, I just I, they're not like a household name for me. Yeah, uh, but you know, Jane Curtin is the other. She's uh, honestly nothing recently that I've seen that she's been in. Um, but you look at you see the face and you just recognize yeah. it immediately. The one I'm excited the most though is seeing Zoe Winters. Yeah, that uh, who was plays the daughter. the daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because you were like you had like a Leo moment it, when when she came. Succession yeah. fans will uh, will appreciate. Uh, some Zoe Winters. She's very underappreciated in Succession, and yeah. I think she'll get a chance to shine. Good. Me and Abby put Succession on hold. <sighs> yeah, it's really disappointing. There's just a lot of stuff to watch right now. I know. So mm. Succession is kind of like some dedication. We're going to watch The Bear first. I could, I, I will be okay with that. Yeah. But so, anyway. So, Jules, looks good. Keep that on your radar. Uh, I think it'll be fun. It says it's in theaters only, so that's that's pretty exciting. Last one, and this is the weirdest of them all. It's a tie for my most anticipated, is Dogman. So this movie is a twenty twenty three directed by Luke Besson, and uh, Luke Besson is an all over the place director. He on one hand he's directed uh you're you're Leon the Professional, yeah, uh, Lucy with Scarlett Johansson, The Fifth Element, which is fantastic. Uh, Valerian, which is an underrated gym, the family, which is a very underseen and underrated gym. Um, I know there's another movie. Well, the Arthur movies, but those aren't those aren't my thing. Um, those are the I guess the only ones that I have seen from his filmography. But yeah, uh, the Fifth Element and Lucy and the Family get my attention. Yeah, in and of itself. So, uh, he's also produced. All, he was the producer of all the Taken and the Transporter movies. So, dude knows how to make a film. Um, especially, so especially an action movie. Yeah. And this is like a demented kind of action movie. It's so, uh, the yeah. letterbox description is a boy bruised by life finds his salvation through the love of his dogs. Does not sell this trailer. No at all. So Caleb Landry Jones is your star here. And he, as a kid, I guess he has a kind of, you kind of get the vibe. His parents suck. And he's like, basically like, do you love dogs or your family more? And he's like, dogs i hate you so they throw him in the you know throw him in there with the dogs and i guess he's raised and gets fed and treated like a dog and now he's a uh would you say trans or uh cross-dressing one of the two something yeah. yeah um guy girl whatever and is psychotic and has all these dogs and people are coming for him for some reason but I'm unclear on why people are coming for him or he's seeking people out. I would say, yeah, I wouldn't say he's psychotic. I, I think it's more or less. You don't think he's messed up? I mean, I think he. No, dude's got a few screws loose, understandably so. Yes, but I think it's more of a, like a vendetta thing. Yeah, but who? Like these people are like, wanting to, I don't know who's coming after him. I think Un- it'll be a, like a John Wick type thing. Like somebody go for his dogs and he's going after him after that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I can get down with that. Yeah. But yeah, this movie looks weird. It looks bonkers. Dis- and I think it's going to be kind of gross. I just feel like it's going to well, be gross and disturbing, which is good. I th- So I think we'll see like some of the... Now granted, it's 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 not fair considering this movie just came out this past year. But some of the action sequences that we kind of saw in this most recent John Wick, mm-hmm. I think we'll see something like that. Yeah, I mean, you kind of got the vibe in a couple of those shots, too, especially yeah. like the gun on the other side of the wall. Yeah, some of I that think it'll be crazy. So, yeah, this looks really good. Uh, I can already tell you, if, if you're one of those people like my sister-in-law who has to look up, does the dog die? Oh. And now, granted, I've started doing that, too, because I just can't stand seeing dogs die. Yep. I guarantee you dogs die in this movie. I, I feel like that's going to be a huge part of his trauma. 
Yeah. And I just know you're going to see some dogs die. So just brace yourself for that too. But yeah, dog man, Caleb Landry Jones looks like he's about to turn in a memorable, grotesque kind of performance. And I'm, I am, I'm probably willing to say this is my most anticipated of the films we talked about today with Nandor Fodor coming in at a close, yeah, close, close, close second. Good list after watching the trailer, dog man, is it for you? Is it going to be too weird for you? Oh, I'll definitely watch it. Okay. So is this probably more in the vein of killing of a sacred deer lobster than the other ones? Uh, probably. It's got that dark, disturbing, but artsy kind of vibe to it. Yeah, I think the I think the, maybe more Tusk. I than think the, the gore will have. Yeah, Tusk is probably. I've never seen it, but I know enough. Oh, about you gotta it watch to, Tusk. Yeah, Tusk is good. So yeah, those that, that's our trailer roundup this week. Some weird deep cuts because they're in a lot. TIFF is about to take place, so the Toronto International Film Festival. For those who don't know, they released the lineup today, so we'll be getting a ton of new trailers. There were about. 15 to 20 new first looks today, like photo stills and stuff like that for some films. So I bet over the next couple of weeks, we get just inundated with a lot of new, a lot of new trailers. So that brings us to what we've been watching. And for JP, that has been a uh, pitly, pitly nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but for me, I went on a Nicolas Cage journey. Um, and I started with drive angry. He says the internet was out one night. We had a lot of bad storms over the last week or so. And our internet was out one night. So I resulted to my one of 3000, DVDs over here and watched a, and a, actually an old school DVD DVD yeah. not Blu-ray which do you have a DVD player up here? My Xbox oh Series X has a yeah so, so. didn't know you saw that plugged up oh, the X wait the X is a DVD player? 4K yeah the Series S doesn't have one that one does yeah see the disc lock yeah that's all games are PlayStation 5s and Xboxes play yeah DVDs I just figured it was like a resolution, like there's a limit. No, I mean, it upscales. Like okay. It, I mean, best it can. Yeah. But what I was about to say, one thing I forgot about, there's a there's just something charming about a DVD. It's the menu for me. Well, yeah, that. So stupid. The Those DVD intros. But no, I mean like the quality. It's nostalgic. Well, like, yeah, it, it is <sighs> like it's the the actual like resolution of it that makes it the the way that it's not as sharp yeah it's all like it's there's less pixels there so it kind of gives a blurred warmer look to it yeah like i really i enjoyed watching the dvd like it wasn't shiny it wasn't crisp and for drive angry that's the movie i watched (laughs) the first one it fit this so perfectly too so i probably haven't seen this since it came out in theaters i remember seeing it in theaters back in uh, 2011 it's funny. So I'll read you the description on Letterboxd. Yep. One hell of a ride. Milton is a hard. It's also funny. The older the movie, the longer the description. Uh, yeah. I think it's because it's been out longer. Someone actually cared to write yeah. something. So uh, yeah. one hell of a ride. Milton is a hardened felon who is broken out of hell, intent on fighting the vicious cult who brutally murdered his daughter and kidnapped her baby. He joins forces with a sexy, tough as nail waitress who's also seeking redemption of her own. Caught in a deadly race against time, Milton has three days to avoid capture, avenge his daughter's death, and save her baby before she's mercilessly, mercilessly sacrificed by the cult. Wow, what a setup. I I thought that Amber Heard was the daughter. No, Amber Heard is the sexy, tough-as-nail waitress. Yes. Uh, and what's funny is, so it's got a three or 2.5 rating. Yeah. But when I look at my watched by on here, the first because it just shows suggested random people. Yeah. Five star, five star, five star, five star, four star, four and a half star, three and a half star. So going into this, I had this rated at four stars on memory. Yeah. 
I lowered it all the way down to three <laughs> after this one. <laughs> not, and that's not to say I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I had a good time. Oh, I, I love to get your Snapchat steering a movie watch for you. Because I send you the... You send the, the most well, random... Well, I'd just be watching it and be like, yeah. I'm sending this right just now. No, no context. Just here it is. Yeah. Doesn't matter. And it made you want to watch it, didn't it? Negative. <laughs> that was enough. So it, it looked like it was made in 2011. Yeah, actually looks like it's made older than that. So this guy, the director is Patrick Lusser, Lucier Lussier, who has directed My Bloody Valentine with Jensen Ackles, uh, Prophecy 3 with Christopher Walken, uh, White Noise 2. I mean, a bunch of random stuff. Um, nothing overly crazy. He mainly works as an editor. He edited a lot of the early screen movies, stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, so this is a Nicolas Cage movie, uh, Amber Heard, uh, William Fitchner, which you've recently watched a William Fitchner movie uh, in Hypnotic. Yeah. How was he in that movie? Because I feel like he played almost the exact... I haven't watched Hypnotic, but I feel like based on the trailer and what he did there, he played like the exact same character. Yeah. Yeah. But he did he's, well here. I he, thought he had great char- uh, chemistry with Nicolas Cage. Um. Anyway, so William Fitchner, Billy Burke, which I just love Billy Burke, and then David Moore. So those are probably your biggest actors in yeah. this one looks like yeah yeah so this movie's stupid absolutely this movie's cheesy yeah he breaks literally breaks out of hell steals some hot rod from and like this gun from like How the depths does of hell one break out of hell they don't really explain huh and, but the guy who's coming back at him wants to know like the david finchner character he plays the accountant and he keeps track of everybody who's in hell and now he has to leave hell to go find Nicolas Cage. And he keeps asking him, how did you get out? <laughs> and that's kind of like a running thing theme in the movie. So anyway, Billy Burke and them, they're like this, want to see the second coming of Satan or whatever. And like, so Billy Burke's his cult leader. They kidnap Nicolas Cage's granddaughter or whatever. So he comes out from hell to, to save him because they already killed his daughter. Uh, Amber Heard gets put into the mix. Uh Really, for no reason. There's like no reason she should be in this we need film outside of some just tits. Yes. Yeah. Um. It's 2011 for yeah. you. This movie's so stupid, but it is so fun. Like it is just one obnoxious action scene and like ridiculously gory kill after another that make no sense. Like it doesn't try to lean away from the campiness of the film, which makes is to its benefit. Yeah. Like if you're gonna make a super campy cliched movie that is very 2011 at least stick to the bit yeah they stick to the bit uh so yeah drive angry you know tries to go track down these cult leaders kill him he does he succeeds and gets taken back to hell so uh but on his own he's happy about it and then amber heard takes the baby and raises the hell baby wow uh so that's kind of drive angry in a nutshell there's a lot of action a lot of car scenes and a lot of gruesome murders huh um, there's not really not much explaining drive angry, uh, but Amber Heard is really, really pretty in this movie. I got to give her, give her, give her a prop. So she looks very nice. Does, uh, Nick Cage in fact drive angry? Oh yeah. The whole movie. He's very, angry. he's very pouty and his hair, the hair he has in this film is ridiculous. Mm. Uh, but you want some classic cage? Yeah. In good cage. One of In-j- cage's best performances. Injected in my veins. Lord of war. Okay. Uh, directed by Andrew Nickel, uh, who's also directed Justin Timberlake's In Time, Clive Owen's Annan, uh, The Host, uh, Gattaca. Uh, and he wrote The Truman Show, uh, which is obviously one of my all-time favorite films. Yeah. Uh, and The Terminal with, uh, I think, Tom Hanks in The Terminal. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Uh, anyway, so that's the director. Here's the description. 
where there's a will, there's a weapon. Yuri Orlov is a globetrotting arms dealer, and through some of the deadliest... Though, through some... Okay, there we go. It's just a weird grammar there. And through some of the deadliest war zones, he struggles to stay one step ahead of a relentless Interpol agent, his business rivals, and even some of his customers who include many of the world's most notorious dictators. Finally, he must also face his own conscience. So, Lord of War, uh, Nicholas Cage's character is an immigrant. I uh, come to find out, as they make it clear from the beginning, um, can't really find his place in anything, realize he's good at selling and making people do things, so he gets into the arms business. Uh, his brother is Vitaly Orloff, a.k.a. Jared Leto. Uh, hey, you get a really good Jared Leto performance here. Um, and Ethan Hawke is the Interpol agent who chases after him. Uh, you get a good Ian Holm, uh, which is our boy Bilbo Baggins, uh, which I know he's famous for a lot of other stuff, but yeah. I'll always associate him with Bilbo. And besides that, those are your kind of three biggest names that pop off the pop off for me. Uh, so yeah, Nicolas Cage plays an international arms dealer who continues to get who who has a conscience. Uh. But as he keeps going further and further and further uh, and his wife keeps distancing himself herself from him uh, and Jared Leto gets caught up in the drugs that they experience through there, he starts to see his world crumble and he's kind of faced with a choice because Ethan Hawke's... Because what, what, what Nichols Cage does is he's selling these guns and arming different political movements. Yeah. But his justification is they're already getting these guns anyway and I'm selling them to both sides. So I'm not choosing one or another. I'm kind of Switzerland and all this. And he's making money hand over fist. And Ethan Hawke's character is always like right on his tails, but Nicolas Cage does everything just in the gray enough area when he's overseas yeah. that he can't get in trouble for it. And he's super, Nicolas Cage is super deeply connected with all sorts of government. So he gets heads up when he's coming around. So Ethan Hawke is like super frustrated. And uh, Ethan, it's kind of a nice subplot for Ethan Hawke. He's always constantly faced with breaking his, like his whole team's like break your own moral code. Kind of like a catch me if you can. Yeah, to like get yeah. Nick, you can get Nicholas Cage sent away forever. If you just plant something easily. Yeah, but he won't do it um, until finally they're both at a crossroads and they have to make a choice. Uh, which you need to watch this movie, so I won't spoil oh, anything. Yeah. Lord of War is really good, um, and the ending is just fantastic. They're supposedly making a sequel to this film. Um, is it a sequel or a remake? I don't know. I thought it was. I- I heard it was a sequel too, but I thought you corrected me on I, that. I did, and then I did some reading on it, and it sounds like I, st- I still don't get a definitive answer. It sounds like a sequel, but but it's based lead, on a true story. But a lead with Miles Teller? Yes, that's the weird part. I don't know. I mean, a Miles Teller would be great. No, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, actually, actually, Miles Teller would be now a yeah. better Jared Leto. Oh yeah, pay, playing off Nicolas Cage here, but. It leaves it open enough where you could have Nicolas Cage come back, but if this is based on a true story, I'm not really sure how this works based on the ending. I don't know. But Lord of War is a fantastic... It's kind of a comedy, but not really. But it's really huh. just a... Uh, I mean, it's a biopic almost. Yeah, But it's, yeah, Cat and Mouse. Uh, it's good. It's a really good kind of... Thriller isn't the right word because it's not like scary thrilling or action thrilling, but oh, it's like it's a suspense, suspenseful, yeah, cat and mouse kind of game. But I really enjoyed this film. You get a really good performance from like probably should have got some award recognition for Lord of War. I don't know if he did or not, but I didn't see anything on a quick Google. And Jared Leto also for this, you know, he's probably in it about 25%, not a ton. Uh, but Jared Leto's really good, good this movie too. So Lord of War is fantastic. I had watched it once before and I had it at four star and I bumped it up to. Uh, four and a half. Had a great time with Lord of War. Nice. The last Nicholas Cage movie that I watched is a Paul Schrader film I had not seen, which we talked about Master Gardener a little bit back and d- discussed the card counters. And then I watched Light Sleeper this year. You heard us talk about that. 
Uh, so I hadn't seen Dog Eat Dog, and it's 93 minutes. It's Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe. I mean, that combo right there is just, I'm sold. Draw you in, yeah. Uh, and the only other player really is Christopher Matthew Cook. He's got a big part in the film, and he's in a bunch of random stuff, but I can't tell you. Like like Black Adam, Renfield, Escape from uh, Escape Plan, Two Guns. Like I've seen all those movies, but I can't tell you what role he played in there. Uh, so Dog Eat Dog. Uh, says carved from a lifetime of experience that runs the gamut from incarceration to liberation. Dog Eat Dog is a story of three men who are all out of prison and now have the task of adapting themselves to civilian life. The first 15 minutes of this film is one of the best openings of any film in the history of my films I've seen. Is it one of those that just picks up, like it just hits the ground running? Yeah, it's like, like it's like 15 minutes in, you you finally get a title card. Like I don't remember when you get the title yeah. card. Like if if you do, I was but, not expecting. Yeah. So it's like Barbie. It starts off in this pink, yeah. literally all pinks themed, pink house, talking about like he's watching this infomercial, like a like it's set like in the 50s, this house is, but it's all pink and like Barbie kind of set up. And it's Willem Dafoe and he's like tweaking on drugs. And then he like psychotically like murders this lady while watching porn and then mur- goes and murder- murders her tween daughter vi- yeah. very violently. Yeah. And it was one of the uh, this maybe makes me sound crazy. It was one of the best opens of a film I'd seen. I was hooked. Yeah, like that first fifteen minutes is like a masterclass. Like Paul Schrader at his best. Those first fifteen minutes. Yeah. Then the middle of the film, like from there, maybe the next hour. It's only ninety three minutes. Maybe the next hour is really good. You so you get Willem Dafoe and uh, Nicolas Cage and the other guy Matthew Cook, whatever. They're they were all in prison at the same time. Helped each other out in prison. Then they all waited for each other, and now they're wanting to kind of. They want to leave crime, but that's all they know. So they're trying to make legit businesses, but keep kind of bumbling their way into crime. Yeah. It, it's almost like a, almost kind of like a comedy. And it is, they would probably, this is probably classified with some comedy elements to it. But that that's the biggest problem with Dog Eat Dog. It doesn't know what it is. Uh, the tone is all over the place. The pacing is awful of this film. It is start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop over and over and over and over and over again. Mm. And like the characters don't seem to have any clear purpose. And maybe that's I can point. I, maybe that's the point, but he doesn't a good job of telling you that's the point if, if, if it is. It doesn't like lead to a clear picture. And that's, there's a reason it when you say, hey, a Paul Schrader film with yeah. Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe, but it has a 2.7 letterbox rating, you know, you've gone wrong somewhere. Those those three should be a powerhouse pairing. Yeah, and it's just not, and it's because of the directing, in my opinion. It, it, Paul Schrader's great. We know this. Nicholas Cage can be, and more often times than not, with me is great. Willem Dafoe rarely misses with me. So this is just, just three people perfectly mixed together. And I just watched Wild at Heart, which has Nicholas Cage and Willem Dafoe, and they were great together. So I was expecting good things from this. Um, yeah, and I, I I rated it four stars. Because I would say 75 minutes of this 93-minute film, I was pretty locked in, enjoying myself. But then the last 20, 25 minutes, I have no... I still don't understand the ending. I rewind. I thought I fell asleep. This is how bad the ending was for me. I thought I fell asleep because I when it ended in the credits roll, I was like, I have no clue what just happened at all. Zero, none. Like, no idea. Like I'm gonna rewind it, so I'll watch the last 30 minutes again. I still have no clue what the movie's ending is about, which ultimately makes me: what is the point of this movie? So, 
If you're a Paul Schrader guy, obviously watch it. If you're a Nicolas Cage guy, Willem Dafoe guy, obviously watch it. It's not a bad film. Four Stars is a really good rating. I had a great time with the majority of this film. Yeah. But that last 30 minutes, man, lost me. And I have no clue. I couldn't even I couldn't even begin to explain to you the end of the movie. The, the only good thing to take about the end, there's there's some parts of it sprinkled without it throughout the rest of the film, but specifically at the end is you get Nicolas Cage going full Casablanca, Humphrey Bogart on everybody accent. Yeah. And imitating him, which I loved that. That was fantastic. That's that's the kind of cage I sign up for. Uh, other than that, the ending kind of kind of lost it, lost, lost me, got lost in translation somewhere. So, and it seems to when I started reading reviews after, it seems to be a common thread. Yeah. That this movie just didn't really know its purpose. Didn't or identity. stick the landing. So, anyway, uh, those, that's what I watched from a Nicolas Cage standpoint. Um, and then you, I watched one new movie. Will, will you be continuing the Nicolas Cage uh, trend through the next week or oh, the next two weeks? Yeah. Possibly. I think so. Okay. Because there's, I'm trying to watch movies I haven't seen. Yeah. So with Nicolas Cage, because there aren't a ton of them, but there, there, there are some. So I'm going to try to watch some more. Um, so the last movie I watched that we did both didn't watch, which would be Barbie and Oppenheimer, was the new Netflix film. Yeah. Um, they cloned Tyrone. So this is uh, directed by Jewel Taylor, uh, which they don't. Uh, nothing else in their um, no other feature length except for. It says there's one with James Franco, but never released. So never mind. Uh, but she, he, he can't tell. I think it's he did yes. write Creed three, Space Jam, the new Space Jam. So well, you're kind of one for two there. No, Creed two, which oh. is great. Oh, so one for two still because Space Jam wasn't great. Um, anyway, they clone Tyrone. Is a John Boyega, Jamie Fox, uh, Tiana Paris, Kiefer Sutherland, which I missed somehow. Yeah, I uh, did not know Keith Sutherland was in this, and when he showed up, I was like, "Oh, it was great." Yeah, loved thought, Ke- yeah, we talked about it. Well, I'd forgotten. Yeah, loved his role in this film. So they clone Tyrone. Uh, is you know, they're in like it's called the Glen. Which <laughs> don't imagine- go into detail. Don't don't go into the spoilers. Yeah, I, I'm not because I'm. I'll I was gonna it. say you you will enjoy this film. Yeah. Um. Now I did. I gave it four stars, but I teetered between three and a half and four. It's not a yeah. not a four and a half five definitely, but uh. It's probably, th- probably if I watched it again, would put a three and a half on it. But um, regardless, anyway, four stars for now. So it takes place in the Glen, which is kind of like a uh, East St. Louis, Detroit kind of, you yeah. know, just in- inner city vibe. Um, and John Boyega, it centers around him. There's like two beefing uh, factions in the Glen. And John Boyega is the head of one of them. And one of the guys he's close with is Slick Rick, which is... Jamie Foxx's character, or Slick Charles, which is Jamie Foxx's character. He's this pimp. And then Tiana Harris, who is, a, her name's Yo-Yo, and she's trying to get out of the hood. Um, so it centers around those three. And uh, I'm trying to think of how not to spoil anything. Long story, I can't really talk about too much that's spoiling thing. Long story short, obviously, hence the name, uh, John Boyega's character finds, finds out that, this is, and this is how I'm not going to spoil it, is how he finds out. Yeah. He finds out there's other copies of him. Yes. Which leads him trying to, which there's obviously the whole thing of him and Jamie Foxx and Tiana Harris trying to figure out like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So you get some comedy, you get some action, you get some suspense and they find this like whole underground network of these people under the Glen. This is in the trailer. Basically huh? under, under bodegas and all that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and it's just, it leads to it's this giant conspiracy theory yes. and like cover up and like world inert, like 
you know, uh, think it's kind of like Get Out and Us had a baby and made the clone Tyrone. Yeah, it's it's the the blackening version of yeah all those type of yes movies. yes, uh, and it's good it's good. Uh, if anything, that would actually be uh, my complaint. The lower it is, it felt like a bunch of other films meshed together to make this film. Sure, still still was good, but it feels like it kind of didn't uh, stand on its own two legs. If that makes sense, yeah. In something that in concept should should be like very original it it feels kind of yeah but you get a good performance from john boyega here uh it, it felt it felt good to see him in something else besides like the last thing i've yeah. seen him in was the woman king yeah uh which i loved his role as the king in that but it was such a it was a small film yeah. so really you got to go back to judas and the black messiah which i hadn't wait seen no that. he wasn't in that that was daniel kalua yeah and uh lakeus stanfield yeah so yeah i don't remember the last thing i seen him because i used his king well, I'm saying besides that, Star Wars is what I think of. So, Pacific Rim, the second one, yeah, oh, the first one's good. But no, for spoiler's sake, I won't go into any more detail. But the Clone Tyrone, it's on Netflix. It's it's a pretty good film. Like I said I'll probably drop it to three and a half stars. Yeah, but that's still really good. I had a great time with the Clone Tyrone. Awesome. I'm probably gonna have Abby try to watch it with me, and that's probably what will be my judgment. So, uh, give it a watch if you have some time. So that brings us into. I'll let you kick us off here. The start of our. Barbie and Oppenheimer, which is going to be our like. Oh wait, yeah, that's we'll right. We're do doing that. We're doing we'll that for the end. Yeah, let's get through some news stuff yeah. first. So we have some news. Um, all right, are you caught up on Hijack? Uh, because you, we you do have if you have that. I didn't watch any Silo this week. So I don't. Silo's done. I'm not. I never finished it. Oh yeah, and oh, Shameless. We talked about that on the way to Nashville, but didn't finish it. <sighs> yeah, you have decided to hang up Shameless. I haven't hung it up. I just needed a break from it. So last week, like I blew through two seasons of Shameless, like in probably four days. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, That's a lot of show to digest, too. It, it is. And it hadn't even really gotten to the heavy stuff <laughs> yet. Like the first season, it's like real. It, the, the, the drama's there, but it's covered up by the earnest, like family camaraderie of it all. And so I got by with it. And I don't know, honestly. I just got sucked into one of those uh, Instagram reel holes of, you know, just going through videos and videos. My algorithm, I guess, picked up on that. I've been watching a lot of Shameless. And so I started getting a lot of Shameless videos. And I was like, oh, basically. Which is just a whole conversation for another day. Yeah, just discovered the whole, you know, synopsis of the whole show. Yeah. And I was like, I really don't, I don't, I don't feel like I need to get sucked into this now that I know such and such about this and all that and even I just kind of even with that though it's still so layered it I know matter. and I, I understand that I just I need to, to take a break and so I get it I, I, that's why I did which, I mean I told you we had to do that with Succession so yeah but I had been watching which we talked about Foundation last week there you know there's nothing which I there. didn't know that was episodic so I'm glad you told me that yes yeah so you will have to check in on that every Friday if you choose um the the most recent episode is is decent but I still think uh Still think Primeval is just the the show for me this summer. Um, very excited about um, all all that's going into that. Um, uh, yeah, but that's that's basically all I've been watching outside of our but, Barbie and Hijack. Experience. You've been oh you, Hijack, you absolutely yes. I had watched it. I don't think you would have been watching. I watched it, it way before you. No, uh, I got you into Hijack. No, I watched it when no, it came bro, out. I did too. I watched it the first week. I we told watched you, this at the no, same time. Then. I told you to watch Hijack. Well, I'm 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 up to date on it. Well, now, yeah, now you're ahead of me. 
I don't because I binged all the episodes the night after they came out, all three that were out because they dropped three at once. Yeah, because I watched I, them all that next night, and then I said, "Bro, you got to watch Hijack." I sent you a snap. But that same day, though, no, I told you there was another episode. And you're like, "What? There's another episode." I told you to watch it. Oh my god! It doesn't matter because know. I'm we're, up we're to both date. watching Hijack. Yeah, I am a fan of this. I, knew, I did not think I would be. This yes. just seemed like a very generic, samey. Don't need to watch this, but I mean, and it somehow it is. It's in some easy way. and it's great. It's really reminiscent to like just some some other like older cable like TV show. Which I there there is a space in my heart for that. And I'm glad we're getting yeah. filled here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, hijack is real good. Yeah. Eat yourself. Eat yourself. Great time. Yeah. Absolutely. Crushing it. it. Yep. Anyway, so that brings us to the news. That was just a little side tangent I forgot to bring. So, have you seen this first news story? No. This is great. So he got asked, got a Killian Murphy, obviously lead from Oppenheimer, gets asked uh, today or yesterday if he would be in Barbie 2, if he'd be, if he'd play a Ken role. He smiled and said, yeah, let's see the script. I, I mean, that's just something you say. I think whenever is you, it though? I think if they made a if Gerwig like I'm talking like same production quality everything if, if he would be a fun cameo if Gerwig and Bombback are writing the script for that then yes I can see it not as like a main Which one I forget I forget Greta Gerwig and Noah Bombback are like actual They're partners yes yeah like they they, they I forget they, that. they bang I know and they 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 bang good ideas out too yes. Like I'm thrilled that Greta right. Gerwig's taking over the line, the Witch of yeah. the like, Chronicles of Narnia. People are ripping her for that. Let's save it for Thursday. Let's save it for Thursday. There'll be some. There'll be some. Bar, okay. There'll be some Barbie okay. talk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about it. Anyway, uh, yeah. So Killian Murphy says he didn't shut out the possibility of playing a Ken in Barbie too, and I'm all for that. Give him make up a dark and black emo Ken. This Ken is Prometheus. This yeah yeah. <laughs> I am become death. Uh. Speaking of th- things that made me want to become death, uh, Disney is saying they're probably going to delay poor things in next goal, next goal wins. Yeah. They also said wish, but I'm not really hearing here or there on that film. Uh, and I don't even really hear or there on next goal wins, but poor things. I don't want to delay from poor things. We're already getting too much other stuff delayed. And I understand why with the writer strike Luna, I just hear just smacking them. Li- well, lips smacking that tongue. She's giving that microphone a side eye. Yep. JP was trying to get you guys some ASMR of Luna. Anyway, uh, I, I don't really care what the other two. I mean, I do want to see Next Goal Wind. I do want to see Wish Fine. But Poor Things is like probably top three anticipated films for me uh, of this year. And I'm super bummed that they think about moving it into the next year. We're already losing Dune 2 to next year, uh, which is just super bummer. It's going to Challengers keep... as well. Yeah, which I don't really care about that. I'm, I think I'm talking myself in the Challengers. I mean, it's going to be, I'm sure it'll be Which is fine. totally hypocritical of me because I was like out whenever we saw that trailer. Yeah, I, I'm not hyped for it at all. So I just think it, it's the type of movie that the trailer is totally deceiving of what the actual story is about. And yeah, I trust in oh, Dan. What are you breaking seeing? news. What are you seeing? The main villain of Deadpool 3 is rumored to be a familiar, familiar multiverse foe from Earth 616, which or 616 in the MCU is us, or like the MCU we know. So that means it'll be Thanos, Ultron, or Kang, three most likely. Well, it can't be Kang. It can be Kang. Disney said they're they're not cutting tops with him. 
They officially came out and said that. Yeah, but he's definitely not working right now. Unless they already did this. They've been filming this thing forever. Have they? On and off, yeah. Kane I could, would, they could have easily had John. I mean, I'm sure it's not a pivotal part. Jonathan Majors makes the most sense because he can multiverse hop, you know? I feel like Ultron makes the most sense. Either one. I'd be fine with either, any of the three of sure. them, personally. I mean, because Thanos, you, can, you don't even have to have Josh Brolin come in, really. And just do what you need to do. I mean, Same thing with good. James Spader with Ultron. So... Sorry, I would, this is a random. I said this isn't now. I, I would be, I would be okay with Thanos just so they could be ultra meta about it and just completely crap on uh, the snap. Yeah, and just like you know, because that's. I think Deadpool has has the potential to do something that I think only someone like Ryan Reynolds can do, and it's Hugh, very, and Hugh. It, well, no. I, and Hugh. Hugh Hugh Jackman's awesome, and I think he will help the movie. But the issue with the superhero fatigue thing is the whole past few like Marvel content stuff. It's either been people's fallout of the snap, like how do you handle that, and the other is all these different multiverses and all these different directors having to figure out how to, you know, handle it all. Um, as far as like storytelling, and I mm. think Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool can make fun of it kind of the same way. Well, yeah, I just, I just think he has a way of, 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 you know, I think it would be a good fit too. be a good palate cleanser. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I'm going to skip one news story and jump to the other one because it makes sense with the multiverse thing. Uh, in what world are we living in that we're blessed enough to have Thomas Hayden Church, who plays Sandman in the Spider-Man movies, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man movies, say that Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire are developing Spider-Man Four currently. Um, I mean, that's like some multiversal stuff, and I'm thrilled. We deserve this. They're developing or pro- they're producing. You said that like it's in development. Spider-Man Four, Tobey Maguire and Sam Raimi, like the guys who did Spider-Man One, Two, and Three. Yeah, we're uh, getting Spider-Man Four. This makes sense. I don't know if I want a Tom Holland and a Sam Raimi. Tom Holland? Who said anything about Tom Holland? A Spider-Man 4? Spider-Man 4. Their own picking up Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire's not, forget Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield. Yeah. We're getting a Spider-Man 4. That's where we should be in the Sam Raimi. That's where we would be in the Tom Holland one. Would we be? Yes. Yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming. Far From Home. Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, so we're up to that one too. Yeah. But no, no. This is Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Okay. Separate. Yeah. Which I'd rather have that than another one anyway. Okay. It would make sense if it was a Tom Holland one, but... No, this was this was not Tom Holland. Okay. I mean, I can't imagine Tobey Maguire doing a solo Spider-Man. After- I could see him doing... I could, I could see him doing the Into the Spider-Verse, you know version of it yeah but i mean that i mean that could be a way to introduce some miles morales but it could and that's got to be coming soon especially on the getting in front of the new game but they won't come out that soon but listen give me all the toby mcguire content i can take that's (laughs) what i want but content i can take that i'm glad to see is jamie fox finally came out and gave a health video health update um he looks fine but he looks white are we sure it's not from uh ai (laughs) No, the uh, God is a bullet. 
Is that the movie? Yeah. Uh, are, you sure, are you sure he just wasn't still no, like, he, I mean, he doesn't look great have you seen it oh, I haven't seen it um, people have been <laughs> people haven't been nice <laughs> I mean, what else would you expect on the internet <laughs> what, was, what is the that's a picture of him uh, two years ago picture of Matt in his video like, yeah, the man's been in the hospital what would you expect yeah so can a black man not become pale Send me messages. I cannot even begin to tell you um, how, how far it took me and how, how it video? brought me back. Um, I just wanted you to get a gist. Yeah. Uh, I'm just glad to see him not dead because there were rumors that he was like a vegetable for a while and all sorts of stuff because he just, no one was saying yeah. anything for yeah. so long. Uh, so, yay. Jamie Foxx is alive and uh, potentially well. So good, good that, deal. That makes me happy, especially after what they watched. They cloned Tyrone. I just remember how much I love Jamie Foxx. Um, next one. Uh, back to a Barbie little thing here. Barbie and Oppenheimer are absolutely freaking crushing it at the box office. Yep. Um, both have blown past worldwide. Didn't we talk about domestic and worldwide? Blown past their initial budget for film. Um, obviously Barbie's went in the box office, but that was never in doubt. Yeah. Uh, both exceeded their expectations, but in terms of like surprise exceeding, Oppenheimer has. Well, you can when you consider the availability, like mm-hmm. Barbie is playing everywhere in everywhere, probably every, twice everywhere, as many all at once. Type is, yeah, twice as many rooms as Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is so specific to its viewing viewing experience. You have to seek it out and find it for it to get the response that it yep. is. And speaking of that, I don't have this as a news story on here, yeah. but. Um, I've been tr- tracking all the discourse obviously Oppenheimer now that I've seen it. So spoilers, I don't care. Uh, people are saying that like their IMAXs are sold out for like a month in advance. They can't get a seat anywhere. Yeah. Unless it's like the very bottom, which after our IMAX experience, I wouldn't want to sit at the no. very bottom, bro. No, we were like we were just below the middle kind of section. Yeah. And it was almost too close. It was disorienting. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that yeah. more later too. But um, I think... Yeah, because me and like I said, we'll be out of town next week. We'll be down in Daytona, and I was, Not we, I was unless you're taking no me and Caitlin. I mean, you're okay. welcome. Yeah, I'll take, okay. Sell some sell some, <laughs> sell some cars down in Florida. Yeah. I was uh I was looking though at the IMAX that's down there, and I couldn't even see Showtime. So I'm hope hopeful that towards the end of the week I can check and yeah, maybe it was one of those things where they weren't for sure if they were still going to be showing it, which would be stupid. This especially when you consider what movies like. I think September is going to be really sparse mm-hmm. as far as movies. Especially uh, if they keep pushing things off their dates. August, right now, I think you've got The Meg coming. Like, like that. I feel I, like that's, I'm excited for The I Meg. I feel like that's the only movie I'm seeing being advertised recently. A Haunted Mansion. Um, I'm not seeing The Haunted Mansion advertised. <laughs> wow. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that I can get it in IMAX uh, to see in Daytona so I can take Caitlin. Because, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, be awesome. What do you got next then? Uh, yeah. To add on to the uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer thing, I said sneaky Tarantino. I sent you that. Did you get that? Yes. I mean, that was funny. I, I laughed out loud. Laughed out loud. So he did uh, Oppen Barbie. Uh-oh. So everybody's been roasting. So he did Oppenheimer first. Uh, then he went and saw Barbie. I bet he had a great time. I mean, Listen, yeah. Tarantino has a—he's a footman. We all know this. Yes. He likes feet. He literally wrote a part in one of his films, uh, "The Quick and the Dead" or something. I don't know. One of his films where uh, 
Salma Hayek, I believe. Salma Hayek? Yeah. Does a tequila shot down her leg through her toes. Uh-huh. And he wrote it for somebody else, then cast himself in that role yes. so he could suck the tequila off of her toes. Dude has a raging foot fetish. He doesn't deny it. every film he has has like very vocal feet scenes. Well, so does Barbie. Barbie has lots of Margot Robbie feet scenes. And that many. It's probably like three. But they're pretty prolonged. They are very prolonged. For most. So I bet Tarantino just had a great time. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know we got to see him up close personal in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but still. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just thought that was fun. Just a little sneaky Tarantino thing because I had a great time with that. Uh, last last one, and this may not... Does this mean... Reading it, does this mean anything to you? MK1, Ads Homelander, you know... The so Mortal Kombat okay, one? Okay, good, okay. Yeah, so the new Mortal Kombat game comes out this fall. Yeah. It's called Mortal Kombat 1. It's going back to the basics. Everybody's in like their old school stuff. But they already added, uh, announced the first roster of DLC. It's what people, some random people, but the big ones are Homelander and Omni-Man. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to get to face those off against each other. Superman's been almost in every game. I'm sure they'll add him to this one because now you get to have Superman versus Homelander versus Omni-Man, which sounds like a great time. So yeah. I'm glad to see Homelander and Omni-Man getting some of the mainstream recognition they deserve, crossing into the Mortal Kombat world. Uh, especially, you know, I just love like kind of the big action figure kind of thing, just making all your toys play together. Uh, this is kind of one of those moments. feels like all my toys are coming together to play and I'm having a great time. Cool. Who do you think would win in a fight? Omni-Man or Homelander? Omni-Man. Me too. I don't think it'd be even close. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's the end of our mainline news. So let's... So how do you want to do this? Uh, this is going to be a spoiler-filled. No, no, no that's no, Thursday. Next Thursday, sorry. So I say because I know you wanted to tag on that we saw Barbie yeah, and Oppenheimer for the last part of the yeah. news. So for this, so this we're, we're talking no this spoiler. out right now. Yeah. There's this is just our experience, like the letterbox meetup, all that stuff. Yeah. That's this part of the news. And then Thursday's episode, we will actually break down the films in full spoiler. <laughs> break. Yes, we will try to break down. It's yes, a heavy text. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. All right. Here we go. I'm ready. We did it. Listen, that this cracks me up. Have you ever seen that Louis C.K. Chewed Up Expo episode? No. Where he goes like, all right, I'm going to do it. Here we go. Yeah. Because he's talking about, like, I don't think anybody gay or straight wakes up and be like, I want to suck dick. Okay. I think we can move on. That's what he's saying. He's like, do they just wake up and like, all right, I'm going to suck you. Here we go. I have to get ready anyway. They don't know why that just popped in my head, but it did. So, Barbenheimer. <laughs> we did it. We, we did, did the it. thing. Uh, and I did the thing two days in a row. Me and Dawson went with, uh, my, I went with my wife and Dawson went with his fiance, my sister-in-law, and we went and saw Barbie Thursday yeah. night, uh, uh, opening night and had a great time. I rated it five stars. Had a great, great, great time. Uh, and then Friday, me and JP and Dawson and Kyle, who we y'all all heard from them all on this podcast, uh, good friends of all ours, all letterbox people, all you know, all know each other. We went to Nashville because that was the closest place showing Oppenheimer and IMAX, like the seventy millimeter IMAX, yes. um, which are only apparently nineteen theaters anyway doing it. So Nashville is only an hour and forty five minutes away. So we went and saw it in Nashville, but the neatest thing about it was, is over the years of us having Letterboxd, we've been able to meet some different people on there, um, namely Tyler Yoakum, who has called in on this episode, or I have called out on this episode, uh, He's or on the show periodically. Um, so him and a couple of his buddies, Abraham, uh, or his buddy Abraham, who owns a theater, 
in He's Ohio. A general manager. General manager. Not yeah, yeah. yeah. General manager of a theater in Ohio. They drove like eight hours or whatever down to Nashville. Yeah. To meet us there. And then Andrew Greer, uh, also from Letterboxd, we knew him knew him from Letterboxd, flew in from Florida to yeah. Nashville. It was his yeah. birthday that weekend yes, as well. It was. And then Jonathan Horkova, uh, also a letterbox guy, flew in from Salt Lake City, Utah yeah. to Nashville. Wild. Now, Tyler would be the mutual connection on that side, me being the mutual connection on the other side. And then we met the best of both worlds in these letterbox worlds. Yeah. Uh, and had this big letterbox meetup. So that's super neat. Yeah. Uh, that re- You see that kind of stuff happen, like Xbox people, PlayStation people, Switch people, World of Warcraft people meet after like 30 years of knowing each other online. They finally meet. So we got to have our letterbox moment where we all got to, after years of talking to each other, talking on there, whatever, we got to meet and go see Barbenheimer together. And we uh, spent the morning in Nashville, went and had breakfast, uh, then went and saw Barbie, uh, took a 20 minute break, went and saw Oppenheimer and then went to dinner afterwards uh, and then went home. Uh, So tell me about the day. It was long. It was long. So long. Like I told you, I'm not a big traveler. I don't like traveling. I'm about to have to drive to Daytona like oh. through the night. And I just, I don't like it. So whenever you said we were going to go to Nashville, it's like, all right, I'll ride. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. I'm just not the, you know, we got there early, had some brunch. We went to uh snooze eatery. Yes. Yeah, snooze eatery. Oh my gosh. It was delicious. Oh my gosh. Um, oh my gosh. It was okay. No. You got the wrong thing. Any place that has a pancake flight is A-OK in my book. Yeah. I had a blueberry Danish pancake. I had a strawberry shortcake pancake. And I had a pineapple upside down pancake. And then I had chicken sausage. Yeah. Great. And I had a mimosa. It was good too. I had some breakfast tacos that were decent. See, that's just... You go to somewhere that has a pancake flight and you get breakfast tacos. Well, they had like a chili aioli that was like pretty good. Oh, well, Kyle got the, uh, so I'm going to read this description because I've been showing people this today. I'm an adventurous eater. I'm like a freaking garbage disposal. But I am not. There are certain things that just don't appeal to me in this one, but it was really good. I'm glad Kyle let me try a bite. The bacon jalapeno and pineapple pancake. Yes. It's a buttermilk batter. Filled. So this pancake is thick and it's filled with pineapple and jalapeno. Then it's topped with sriracha, maple syrup, chopped bacon, BBD rub, which use your own imagination. Yeah. <laughs> scallions and powdered sugar. And it was delicious. So anyway, yeah, snooze eater if you're in Nashville, I recommend it. Uh yep. Yeah, then we went to the theater. Yeah. Which we went to the Regal mm-hmm. uh, in Opry Mills. You, you did poop. I did. I wouldn't have made it otherwise. Yeah, that that helped. I that. told uh I told Kyle and Dawson while while you were doing this. Um, I had this moment, and I didn't know if this happened to anybody else. Where I'm in the restroom, I'm using the restroom, and I have this moment of like, am I in the wrong restroom? While I'm standing at a urinal, <laughs> <laughs> have like an existential crisis. Yeah, yeah. I just like, am I in the women's restroom while I'm literally standing? The- Hey, I mean, it's twenty. Yeah, it's twenty twenty three. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you know. I maybe. don't know. Um, but yeah, it was. It Did was. Did you get a drink after the, your urinal experience? So the good thing about the Regal in Nashville is they have a bar and stuff there too. Yeah. So I got a Barbie themed drink for yeah. the first one, uh, which was like prosecco and moscato and something else mixed together uh-huh. uh, with a 
Barbie cake pop uh-huh. in the middle or rock candy. No, so I, I was just a Coors Light. They're, they're uh, generous with their cup sizes, though. Yeah, I got a beer too. And it was like freaking forty ounce. What's well, a twelve ounce? If it's it's a twelve dollar drink, <sighs> it's expensive. Holy, that beer was and it was a Voodoo Ranger. It's too forty ounces of IPA is too much. Way too much. I was like, golly. Uh, yes, I did have a drink for both. Um, and I think halfway through each movie, um, I had to go. And I'm a firm believer in not getting up during a movie, especially if I haven't seen it before. Mm-hmm. Which I, that, I did have that freedom in Barbie. I did go take a piss because I had seen I was, it the night before. I was very jealous of you. Me and Dawson both went to Very jealous of piss. you. Uh, yeah, so the moment the movie finished, I bolt out. Um, Everybody did. Because <laughs> well, we all had to go. I, died. I was the first one out. Uh, but yeah, so, but Oppenheimer, like, I, I was sitting next to Kyle's at the end of our group sitting next to Kyle and I was just I was shaking I had to go so bad you, you don't get up during Oppenheimer but it was yeah and I, I wasn't because the moment it hit me the most is when the bomb when they were going to test mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like I'm not getting up yeah you just pee your pants at that point and and the moment the moment that that bomb hit when the actual sound hit which we're in you know we're in IMAX Dolby you know sound like it is the most immersive and when that hits you i I've felt it to my core. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the last. Which you said something right there. Because, you know, we're talking about the actual movies. Yeah. Thursday. Yeah. I hadn't been in an IMAX in forever. I've never. I'd never been to an IMAX. Okay. Then what was yeah. your thoughts when you turned that corner and walking into your first IMAX? I, I mean, I knew it was going to be big. I didn't expect it to be that big. Um, it's, it is. It's crazy. I've seen a. I saw a TikTok of or a video of somebody that. Uh, it was like this is what um, Oppenheimer front row and IMAX is like, and it's just like is it that, the Willem Dafoe one, or is it the Cillian Murphy's face all? Yes, oh, it's like the funny. it's yeah, like the Giga yeah, Chad yeah, yeah. like look. Um, yeah. Yes, it was very 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 humorous. Um, but yeah, the the whole IMAX experience is next level. Like I, you know, it, it's amazing. It's weird because like whenever I watch movies at home now. I'm like a I'm big on sound mm-hmm. like it matters to me and that's why I, I don't want to go see like I want Abby to see Oppenheimer she wants to see it too but I won't see it at Maiden Alley yeah I agree um, Cinemark is fine yeah it's in, hopefully I get the XT theater and it's yeah but I but I say that because like when I watch movies at home if I'm watching a movie by myself I will just put my AirPods in yeah because I have an Apple TV sync it up I listen to it like, and you watch Mr. Remote, nobody in your damn iPad with my yeah. Yeah. I was so hoping you were going to watch that with Caitlin and Sam. Yeah, they would not have liked it. Sam says he likes weird movies. It's it's a different kind of weird. Mm. This is it's like a love weird. weird. No, not really. It's a romance. It's kind it of like is a, a, it is a romance. It's a love story. It's an interdimensional it is a love, story. love story. It is, but it's beautiful. It's not. That's not the weird part about it. Yeah, whatever. It's on like Thursday. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm always, I was taking a. Uh, huge i was taken aback by how big it is in there i always forget yeah it was huge and like we were all like tourists in the we were like oh my gosh yeah. this is crazy I, I, I would say a lot of people were like that though yeah and then our seats were so i mean we were midway in the theater basically but our, felt like we were right up on the screen yeah. and i was like dang and like you mentioned you got a little motion sickness a lot of people did yes it's really disorienting especially whenever you're like the first five minutes five to ten minutes it was the movie picks up it's super quick um and so i was just 
yeah, I was I was worried I was either going to get a migraine or what well, I did get a headache. motion sickness or it held or what? off. Like I got a headache in the movie. Yes, and I noticed it about an hour in. Yeah, but then I just it, I got so attracted. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just got so enthralled in the movie. I just moved on. And then, like, as soon as we got out, and I got hit with the reality of like a couple phone calls. Not bad phone calls, just like got out of the Oppenheimer yes, mode. experience. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, my head hurts real bad. <laughs> and it carried on for the rest of the night. I remember I was like, gosh, I'm dying on the way home. Like, my head hurts. Because <laughs> I was ready to go to like the hidden bar and some underground places. Yeah. And then like as the night kept going, I was like, this my head much. hurts real bad. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm ready I, to go home. Listen, I hit my bandwidth of human interaction um, before we got through Barbie. <laughs> Like we all got there. You all, you guys were getting your drinks. We tried to take pictures. I'm like, first of all, I'm not a picture guy. I, I knew. Which I, I just needed to get you in the group picture. Like the one group picture. And that's all. I wasn't going to push you for any other pictures. <laughs> and uh, so, at, so like the moment everybody like went and got their drinks, like I'm going to go find somewhere to sit down. And I just, I just sat there. Yeah. Waited for everybody. I got my popcorn. You did. Got my drink. It was good to go. Yeah. At least, at least my bandwidth ended early. <laughs> Could have could have gone yeah. longer. My most disappointed moment uh, for my movie going experience was the fact that Regal does not sell Coke products. It was Pepsi, and uh, my Pepsi tasted like booty. Um, so yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah. Um, outside of outside of that, I was probably most disappointed not to get ice cream. Yeah, we did try. We were like ten minutes late. Yeah. So after we went to Oppenheimer, uh, we went to Fat Bites, which is a it's a very hole in the wall. Hole my my buddy like, Nick, who lives in Nashville, recommended yeah. it because uh, I always ask him for like, "Hey, give me something that's off the beaten path, not touristy, but it's also really good food." Yeah, and he said, "Hey, here's a few options." He gave us a few, which funny, two of them were right across the street from each other. Um, which, if I didn't have a headache, I might have ventured I, into that. But my head hurts so yes. bad, like I was borderline in migraine. Um, I didn't have any medicine. No one did. <laughs> so anyway. We went to Fat Bites, and that is the very epitome of a hole in the wall, like diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yeah, and I thought it was really good. It was great. Uh, I got I got a uh, the four twenty burger, which is like a goat cheese themed double burger with onions and yeah. some stuff like that. It was really good uh, with some mac and cheese, which was really good as well. Uh, and then they had a buy one get one free happy yeah. hour beer night. So I got a couple ciders. That was good. Uh, accidentally spilled some on Andrew's shoe, which <laughs> set him into like a tizzy because apparently he's like straight edge. So. He like took his shoe off and smelled it. He goes, it's beer. And I was like, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Yeah. He goes, I don't drink. I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, I feel bad now. Because he's like, because he told us he's like an addictive person. I was like, he's going to smell this beer now. And it's, it's, I didn't know it was his birthday the next day either. And I was yeah. like, oh man, I'm going to yeah. send this guy because they were going to see Ed Sheeran. I was like, Andrew's going to become an alcoholic because I accidentally spilled beer on his yeah. shoe. So that guilt will now live on for me forever. Be Garrett 2.0. Yep. The, uh, we, we must say our, uh, our, our four new friends who we've now met in person, they, they, uh, we're the life of the party. Anywhere we went, for sure, um, they did the whole uh, Barbenheimer. Um, oh yeah, they came in their shirts. They, uh, they came. Like the... They came prepared. My guys got plenty of pictures with the ladies. Um, mm -hmm. There was Which, one. You gonna talk about the lady? At there was Bat one Bites. interaction that uh, <laughs> I uh, didn't know how to respond to. Um, she basically as, called him gay. Well, as as a older couple was leaving, uh, they fat had, bites, which is a had, very leaving like, fat bites. Yeah. Kind of like a chain smoking. It's literally, bar it's, it's literally, it, it's a hole in the wall place in the same building as an Ace Hardware store. Like the front half is an Ace Hardware store, and then there's door in the back. It fat bites, whatever. It's yeah. it's crazy. And everybody um, outside was like, everybody outside was rough. Like bikers smoking their cigarettes. Yeah. Um, 
and this older couple was so you leaving. Knew it was be good. Yeah, older couple was leaving, and the woman makes comments like, "Oh, are you guys? Because the four guys, our guys are are dressed up the same. Like, are y'all like a quadruplets or something?" It was like, "No, we just got out of the movies. We saw Barbie." And this woman, she goes, "Barbie, you saw Barbie?" And we're like, "Yeah, it was great." She's like, "Yeah, it was great." It's like, "Oh." I feel sorry for your mothers. Yeah, you know, she no, she said, I or bet said, your mothers are real I, proud. I bet your mothers are real proud. And I just like I just I didn't yeah. know what to say. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay. One of the guys one of the guys I But lucky for us, we weren't dressed up like that. So yeah, our mothers are just fine. I think it was Jonathan. Um he he just kind of like me. well no, other Jonathan. Salt Lake City Jonathan. Salt Lake, yeah. Um, he was like, it's a really good movie. Yeah, it was really <laughs> good. But outside of that, there was a, I think you might've been on the phone or something. There was a, another dude that came out and saw the, saw the get up that they had on. And he, he like, he just had a full on conversation. He's like, yeah, I saw it. Um, apparently his brother is like a, just the dude who said he saw Barbie early, yeah, or Oppenheimer early, which it came out like early viewing, early screening and stuff in for, Nashville early screenings would have been on like a Monday or Sunday. Okay. It's possible. I, I was thinking no, because I, I only heard part of that conversation that my buzzer went off. Yeah, it, so it's possible. Say it ain't so. Mm. Anyway, yeah. yeah, that lady was that lady. It was, was it was else. it was pretty funny. Uh but the guys the guys got plenty of plenty of pictures and uh hope they had fun the next day uh with old Ed Sheeran and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah it was it was a really fun day. Uh Andrew Jonathan Abraham Tyler Y'all are great guys. Yeah. I'm glad we um got to meet you guys. And I told Tyler the other day, he said we should do it again. I was like, hey, Dune 2, that sounds like a great time to go see IMAX. And Dune that sounds two. like a really good IMAX film that yeah. they, we, they, they, sh- I mean, we have the easiest part. We live under two hours away. Yes. But, uh, for if, but if they all wanted to come down, which I doubt Jonathan and Andrew fly in for that, unless they just set aside and they have, cause they're all friends pre-standing us. Yeah. They, I think they all know each other at some point. Otherwise seems, seems like maybe you guys just get together. We'll, we'll, we'll be, you y'all, know, y'all basically just plan a guys weekend once a year in Nashville. Cause they all loved it. Aside from that, love the food, love the city. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll come down for a day. We'll, we'll, we'll do it that way. Nashville, man. Nashville is, uh, is a travel destination for yeah. some reason. It, cause the food's damn good. Yeah, I just Nashville I is good. I like. Nashville. I can't deal with the traffic. I'm good. No, traffic doesn't bother me, but that's because I mean, you saw me drive. I did, I did. It wasn't as bad as I thought. No, I'm a good driver. I'm but you do a, need Jonathan. Jonathan needs a co-pilot. Kentucky Jonathan. Kentucky Jonathan. Yes, this Jonathan needs a co-pilot because uh, I just get to talk. You miss. You miss some well, exits. We're over here listening to Ram Ranch. You miss some turns and Taco Bell. Yes, Taco and, Bell. You know, I'm just. I just get distracted. I'm having a good time. Yep. A queen over here. But anyway, yeah. What what other you know, like I said, we're not gonna talk about the movies themselves. Just what other what other is that it? I think nothing outside of what I would want to talk about in our next spot. I think it was overall an amazing experience. Uh I don't think I've ever pulled a double feature like that. Um and yeah, I'm just I'm thankful that I'll be able to look back 20 years from now and say, like I I mean, this isn't going to be a spoiler and we, I'll be able to talk about it more. Oppenheimer, probably film of, of like the decade. I agree. Um, which is, I, I feel like really saying something. And I also, and my, my hottest take is, because I'm not going to expand on it too, too much more because it's just one thought. Yeah. I think in 10 years from now, yeah, Oppenheimer will be second right now if people have it like third in Nolan's filmography on almost every consensus rating. Oh, I think it's first. I think it'll be right there, if not better than The Dark Knight, in 10 years. 
Oh, I th- I think most certainly above it. I think I, the only I, reason not, I think Heath Ledger. Oh, well, what were you gonna say? Well, I thought you were gonna say because of Heath Ledger. We can save it for we can save it for Thursday. Okay. okay. Um, but I think, like you said, Oppenheimer for the Nolan heads and all that stuff. Like it, it's gonna be huge. But for Barbie, um, you know, it's just it's it's gonna be a cult classic. Um, which is saying something because it's so commercialized. Which yeah. you know we can talk about later. The other thing is the Barbenheimer. That was great marketing. Oh yeah, great marketing. And then the next one, have you seen the next one? That jokingly, it does come out the same day though. What? Saw Ten, in the Paw Patrol movie. <laughs> so they're calling it Saw Patrol. Saw Patrol. <laughs> That'll be the next double feature to go see. <laughs> oh my God. So, uh, but that that is one negative. People said people are probably kind of try to market that now, and you won't be able to recreate Barbenheimer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh. Yeah, that's 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 really it. Because this is more talking about the power of Letterbox. So if you don't have it, download it. It's a great time. Uh, I don't use it as like, like I used to. Where can people find you on Letterbox if they didn't know? <sighs> I don't write reviews anymore. Well, uh, yeah, but people want to know. I, I people want to know what you're all watching day, every day. Yeah, if you want to know what we're going to be talking on a on a Monday uh, through uh, before it happens, you want to follow us on Letterbox because we're going to be logging that stuff. My name is B A M B O O Z L E thirteen. Is it really Bamboozle? Bamboozle 13, baby. I, I knew you were wrong. You were trying to correct me in front of my friends. I, I mean... You were, you were embarrassing me in front of my new friends. I, I, just I should be Dirk Dickler 13. Listen, I can't wait to talk about the psyche of Dirk Dickler. Because yeah, I got this fat cock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, where can they find you? Uh, You can find me at jp 11 Payton. JP11 Peyton. Yeah. That's basically uh, all mine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Letterbox brought us together. Uh, that's how we met Tyler and Andrew and Jonathan and Abraham and then Dawson and Kyle. And we just had a great, great old time. It was a, it was really neat. Uh, lots kind of like a, I mean, to say once in a lifetime, that's over dramatizing it, but it is a neat people talk about that kind of stuff all the time. You meet somebody from this, whatever, then you get to have a group meetup. So that was neat. I've never done that. Check it off my bucket list. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, if you're listening to this up in Canada, you're next. You're my gaming buddy I've never met. You gotta meet sometime. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, so this has been another episode of Mostly Film. Uh, we'll be back with you on Thursday where we will be discussing Mr. Nobody and Boogie Nights and also doing for our topic or two, we'll be breaking down Barbie, our yeah. thoughts on Barbie and our full thoughts on Oppenheimer. Uh, this is not going to attempt to be a uh, thesis on each because no, no, not doing that. Just our thoughts and what stood out and maybe some awards broadcasting kind of stuff that we might think some might garner, stuff like that. And then uh, I guess we're going to talk about what's next. What's next, whether it's Todd Haynes or something, we'll figure yeah. it out. So uh, if you like what we listened to today, if you like you want more and you want to know more about Dirk Diggler's Fat Cock, Tune in next week. Tune in next week uh, or Thursday. But uh, yeah, hit that subscribe button. Uh, give us a five. Leave us a review. Um, yeah, we like that stuff. You like that stuff. It gives you more of us. And we want to give you all of us like Dirk Diggler. Uh, so yeah, I'm Jonathan. This has been another episode of Mostly Film. And I'm JP. There it is. There we go. Okay. I just threw you in there like a like fishing a dynamite. Oregon. Okay, All right, bye. see you soon.